Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Good morning, Dan. This is Tuesday. I'm doing well. Yep. <laughs> It's Tuesday. This is Tuesday. Yeah. You are accurate. I still get tweets about that, how we messed up the days of the week last mm-hmm. week. Hey, it happens. Mm-hmm. We could have edited it out, but it was a lot of fun. Oh, it happens We a just lot. like to mess around sometimes. Yeah. Hey, uh, listen, thank you. A big thank you again. Uh, sincere, heartfelt thank you for all of you who watched Hannity on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, you made us number one again, where I was guest hosting, and number one in that key demo they measure. Uh, you know, I'm st- still new to the TV industry, but... Uh, you guys and ladies are the best. You really are. It is a a, a sincere honor that you uh, you good. support my work like that. And I just want you to know how much it means to me. I'm very sorry about the five yesterday. Um, I know I said it was going to be. I did not make it up. There were some flight stuff. Jesse wound up making it in. I couldn't get up. Mm. The weather was bad. So I, my apologies. But, you know, I get a lot of emails saying, hey, tell us when you're on Fox. We want to watch. But not every time. It doesn't always work out. Sometimes there's cancellations for other reasons. So right. um, uh, forgive me for that. But uh, we will be back. I'll let you know. Um, and I will be hosting, guest hosting Fox and Friends this coming Monday and Tuesday. So, you know, be sure to check that out as well. Make sure you tune in. I'd really appreciate it. Yeah. I'll be guest hosting Monday and Tuesday. Hold on. i got to move this. I'm going to get a text from Paul in a minute that my shirt is blowing around, so i got to move that a little bit. That's the fan. It's so hot in here. I keep the AC at 68, and it's still hot in mm-hmm. here. And, uh, folks, I've got a big show for you today. It's a packed show. Uh, it's one of the more important shows I've done in the last few weeks. There was some really incredible information that came out yesterday that, again, we're going to need audience archivist Judy here. I had told you a long time ago uh, that this was – a large part of what's going on with the Obama administration spying scandal was about the Iran deal. Mm-hmm. Now it's all coming together mm-hmm. and starting yeah. to make more sense with some information we had yesterday. I also want to cover the disastrous John Dean hearing uh, up on Capitol Hill yesterday. I joke, <laughs> I was in the gym yesterday. I'm talking to this guy. I'm not even kidding. And I was talking, he didn't, couldn't He couldn't quite hear what I was saying. He was across the gym a little bit. He was asking me about uh, what was going on on Fox. He thought I said Jimmy Dean, the breakfast <laughs> sausage king. That's and yes, he knew John Dean was, but that's how like that's how dopey this hearing was. Nobody even knew it was. Jimmy Dean, what's the breakfast sausage king doing up <laughs> on Capitol Hill? I want to cover that too. Pure pork. Um, all right, today's show brought to you by our buddies. What's that? Pure pork. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there. no, it was. Yeah. That's it. There you go. Absolutely. It was a total mess yeah. yesterday. Hey, are you a man or woman over 40 and worried about your blood pressure? Well, listen, you should be. Heart Factors Plus is a new natural formula that boosts nitric oxide levels, which naturally maintains healthy blood pressure levels and boosts libido for men safely and naturally. This is a really great product. It's true. Both your blood pressure and your performance are linked to better blood flow and circulation. Dozens of clinical studies prove it. I actually went to an interesting... Uh, stem cell seminar not that long ago where a guy who produced the nitric oxide product was up there mm. and showed some fascinating video of what happens as you age and your nitric oxide levels it was if once you see it you would you'd go right to the product here heart factors plus worked for tens of thousands of men and women to support healthy blood pressure support energy production and maintain a healthy function call now to try heart factors plus risk free for a limited time get a free bottle with your order and faster results than you ever thought possible or your money back no questions asked. Just go to Heart Factors Plus. That's heartfactorsplus.com. I like to take this stuff uh, before I work out. It makes me feel better in the gym. Kind of gets me perked up a little bit. I'm out. <laughs> Mention my name and receive a free bottle of the brand new uh, CoQ10 and fish oil formula just for trying Heart Factors today. Just go to heartfactorsplus.com. That's heartfactorsplus.com. Heartfactorsplus.com. Go check it out. You won't regret it. Get perked up. <laughs> you like that? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, perked up. <laughs> you know. All right. There you go. Ding, ding. So the John Dean hearing yesterday up on Capitol Hill. Uh, John Dean, who was a uh, Nixon-era official, yeah, one of Nixon's yeah. lawyers during the Watergate thing, has absolutely nothing to do with the Spygate drama at all. So you may say, well, why was John Dean a Nixon-era official then up on Capitol Hill yesterday? Here is the answer, ladies and gentlemen. 
This was a fake impeachment hearing by Democrat Jerry Nadler. They called John Dean up on the Hill for two reasons. Number one, I just told you they want a fake impeachment hearing. Well, the natural question should be, well, why do a fake impeachment hearing if you're Jerry Nadler, a Democrat? Why not just initiate a real impeachment hearing? Right. Ladies and gentlemen, as I wrote in my notes today, they don't have the votes, exclamation point. They can't impeach the president, yet they're knee-deep, neck-deep, if not scalp-deep, in the Spygate Russia collusion scandal, and they need to keep the heat on the Trump administration to keep the heat off the disastrous Mueller report shortcomings and the fact that the Democrats are engaged in a massive spying scandal that predated the Trump administration. In order to keep the heat on Trump, they have to initiate an impeachment hearing, but they can't because they will lose. They don't have the votes. So they decided, hey, let's do a fake impeachment hearing and let's bring up the guy involved in the last potential impeachment. Nixon, of course, wasn't impeached. He resigned. Uh, John Dean, Nixon's lawyer, who now is a virulent TDS infected, deranged human being. TDS, Trump, uh, Trump mm-hmm. derangement syndrome, level six, <laughs> the highest level possible. Yeah. He has a level six infection. Antibiotics and antivirals will not cure John Dean. He tweets all day about how much he hates Trump. John Dean is a discredited hack. But the liberals, Jerry Nadler and the lunatic crew up there, thinks by bringing John Dean up there, the public's going to think this is some kind of an impeachment hearing, which will do what? which will appease the radical far leftists who want Trump taken out in handcuffs, including Nancy Pelosi, another nut. They want Trump arrested. They're hard words, not mine. I want to see him in prison. Those are hard words. I didn't put those words in her mouth. Those are her words. Yeah. This will satisfy their radical base if they can do a fake impeachment hearing for a while. But if they won't have to engage in a real impeachment, where they'll lose. They will lose badly. Now, John Dean was absolutely dismantled yesterday. It's dismantled. Keep in mind, this is an anti-Trump lunatic who has made a career out of comparing people to his old boss, Richard Nixon. Now, here is the fantastic... Jim, I got a couple of pieces of video, three pieces to be precise. The fantastic Jim Jordan. Joe, you like these, yes, right? Yes, I, I did. Everyone. Jim them. Jordan. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so good. Jim Jordan dismantling the credibility of John Dean. And basically, what are you doing here? You have nothing to do with this, this Spygate collusion hoax, obstruction hoax at all. Did you give advice to Lanny Davis or Michael Cohen prior to Mr. Cohen's testimony to Congress? No. Well, you said on Aaron Burnett's uh, show the night before Mr. Cohen testified in front of the Oversight Committee that Michael Cohen should, you said you had talked to Lanny Davis and that Michael Cohen should hold his testimony as long as possible from Republicans. You didn't say that to Mr. Davis? You said it on on Aaron Burnett's show the night before Mr. Cohen testified. I didn't say it uh, directly to Mr. Cohen was your question. No, it wasn't. My question was, did you give advice to Lanny Davis or Michael Cohen had, prior I've, to Mr. Cohen's testimony to Congress? Yeah, I have known Lanny Davis for almost a couple decades, uh, and we have talked about it. And I did say, uh, as soon as you turn your testimony over, it will be picked apart. So you instructed Michael Cohen's lawyer to keep information from Republicans to obstruct <laughs> the committee work that we were doing in the Oversight Committee just a few months ago? You, you told that to Michael Cohen's lawyer? Uh, I didn't quite phrase it that well, way, no. You know what? They took your advice. I'm sorry? They took your advice. Did they? Yeah. Mr. Mr. Cohen that. kept his testimony from us for as long as possible. But you know what else Mr. Cohen did that day? Lied. Lied seven times. And this is, this is what I think concerns so many Americans. This is awesome. This is great. So you bring up a witness who yeah. has no material facts relevant to the, the Mueller hoax, the obstruction hoax, the collusion hoax at all. John Dean has nothing. He has no inside information at all. This guy was the White House counsel in 1973, a year right. before I was born. I'm 44. He has no material facts at all because you want to create the aura of a fake impeachment hearing using the last major presidential crisis with the gate in it, Watergate, the, uh, you know, the, well, for Republicans, I should say. You bring him up there to create the aura of a fake impeachment hearing. And then Jim Jordan nails this guy to the wall with this, why are you here question? The only reason you're here is because they're trying to lend to this aura of a fake impeachment hearing. But the irony of the whole thing, Joe, <laughs> 
is what he really gets at is he's there because the Democrats want to advance an obstruction narrative. And they think by John Dean saying, hey, here's how Nixon obstructed justice. And here are the current parallels to the Trump team. What Jim Jordan brilliantly brings up is, hey, John, John A., Johnny Boombots, Johnny Bag of Donuts, aren't you the guy who told Lanny Davis, Michael Cohen's lawyer, of course, Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen, had a lawyer himself, Lanny Davis, aren't you the guy who told Lanny Davis to instruct your client to obstruct the Republican-led Congress from getting information from Cohen? He's like, uh, 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 well, uh, hold on, uh, bathroom break, please. So a guy up there who knows nothing about the case who's trying to advance an obstruction narrative against Trump is actually the key figure in obstructing information from getting to the GOP-led house at the time when they were trying to get to the bottom of what happened. It's showtime. The irony there, (laughs) it was showtime yesterday. And this is the nice part about this show. We will distill down to 15-minute blocks, hours of ridiculous testimony you saw yesterday. Let's get to uh, video uh, clip number two. Here's a guy I'm I'm growing increasingly fond of up on the hill because he gives exactly zero about what anybody thinks. <laughs> this is Republican congressman from the great state of Florida, my home state. He's up in the panhandle. Matt Gates asking John Dean, because remember, John Dean was Nixon's White House counsel. This guy has made a career dean about comparing people on the Republican side to Nixon, knowing he can surgically attach himself lips to butt of the Democrat media establishment. And if he compares Republicans to Nixon, what will he do, do, Joe? He'll get to sell books and he'll get to appear on TV and get very lucrative contracts because the media are a bunch of, of course, leftist hacks. So here is Matt Gates calling John Dean out on exactly his business model, accusing Republicans of being Nixon-like. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I seek unanimous consent to enter into the record a December 30th, 2005 essay written by Mr. John Dean entitled George W. Bush as the new Richard Nixon, both wiretapped illegally and impeachably. Without objection. Mr. Dean, how many American presidents have you accused of being Richard Nixon? (laughs) I actually wrote a book about Mr. Bush and Mr. Cheney with the title Worse Than Watergate. So... so so, it, so it's, it's sort of become a... Cod- did you make money on that book? It was a very successful book, How much yes. money did you make on it? I'm sorry, I don't have any idea. More than a million bucks? No. More than half a million bucks? <laughs> I said I don't have any idea. How much money do you make from CNN? I don't really know exactly. I, I think I'm going to object to... The, to, to wait, 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 wait a second. Wait a second. Mr. Dean has made a cottage industry out of accusing presidents of acting like Richard Nixon. I would like to know how much money he makes based on making these accusations and exploiting them for his own economic can, benefit. Uh, and Mr. You're saying no, Mr. Gates. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. This was great. I really, I'm really, I'm really starting to like Matt Gates a lot. He just wants to know. Yeah. It seems like you've done quite well comparing people to Richard Nixon, who you used to work for. And I love this, Joe. Now, listen, Joe, Joe doesn't work for me. He works with me. But again, Joe has a general idea of his income, right? Joe, if I were to ask you, of course, I wouldn't ask him. But you know what you make. I Mm -hmm. mean, plus or minus a couple thousand dollars here and Mm -hmm. there. You know, you never know. You get a bonus here. You forgot about it or whatever. Um, If you told me what is your Fox News contract, you said, Dan, I need to know. And we were... I mean, I, I can't say anything yeah. because of an NDA, but trust me, I know. I know what how much my contract pays me, and I can tell you exactly the advances I got on my books mm-hmm. all the way back to my first book I ever wrote. It's amazing that John Dean, who's made a career out of comparing Republicans to Nixon, has no idea what these contracts are paying him. <laughs> of course he's a liar. This guy's totally discredited. I mean, I, I can't tell you what a self-own this was yesterday, uh, this hearing. When I say self-own, I mean... The Democrats, it's kind of a, one of these words they use yeah, on Twitter not a lot. Cell but phone, self phone. Getting owned, getting, yeah, getting, <laughs> right, se- right. Not, yes, okay. very good. Yes, not cell phone, self own. Like getting owned means getting wrecked, get, losing the fight, right? The liberals thought this was going to come off as this Watergate like hearing against Trump. It came off as a total show. An embarrassing facade where your main witness, John Dean, came off like a total deranged goofball. Now, another guy I like a lot, Louis Gohmert, who gives less than zero about this entire uh, whole big, like, kissing the butt of the liberal media activist community. Louis Gohmert, bingo to Louis G 
for bringing up the fact that, you know what? John Dean may be right. What? What? Hold on. What do you mean John Dean may be Mm -hmm. right? You just destroyed this guy's credibility. No, no, there are similarities. There are definitely similarities between what happened in the Nixon era and what happened recently. Gomert said that? Oh, yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Time out. You got to see. The similarities may not be what the liberal media activists were thinking, however. Here's Louis Gomert nailing it in what I think is the unquestionably the coup de grace. This. Check this out. There are similarities, you're right, with regard to Watergate. In both, an administration was seeking to illegally spy on another candidate. In both, people were hired to attempt to gather evidence that could be used against a candidate. Uh, in Watergate, the committee to reelect the president hired burglars to break into the DNC headquarters. In Watergate, administration officials tried to find ways to use federal dollars to pay for their criminal spying. In Russiagate, members of the federal government used the Intel, DOJ, and FBI communities to attempt to defeat a presidential candidate. Then when that failed, to have him removed from office. In Russiagate, the Clinton campaign and the FBI paid a foreign agent to collude with Russians to produce opposition research that turned out completely false, as the Mueller report indicated. They could be used to commit a fraud upon the FISA court and get multiple warrants to spy on opposition campaign. The Rush, in Russiagate, it was the Clinton campaign through Fusion GPS in concert with the FBI, possibly intelligence, who hired people to do the spying. <laughs> All right. How great was that? That was awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Representative Louis G. Who, disclosure, I know well and I like a lot. Oh, does he just nail this guy? Well, oh, yeah, there are similarities between Watergate and now, but they're not. these are not the droids you were looking for. <laughs> they aren't the similarities you're thinking. There are similarities between Nixonian spying and the spying the Democrats did on the Trump team. That is by far... You get the gold medal award of the day, Louis G, for the best soundbite. Nice work. Representative Louis Gomert, representative from the 1st District of Texas, nailing Dean to the wall. That was an excellent, excellent piece of work there. Okay. There, listen, that's all I have on the Dean hearing yesterday. I have a lot of other stories to get through. Some of the, the, the ones I have coming up are going to blow your mind, I promise you. But I just want you to remember the takeaway. The hearing was a total fiasco blew up in their face. They wanted a fake impeachment hearing because they can't do a real one because they don't have the votes. And the fake impeachment hearing was so embarrassing that conservative shows like me, the Dan Bongino show, are actually taking clips from their hearing to use in our show. That's how embarrassing your hearing Mm was. All right, I want to get to this because I want to roll through a little bit. This is going to be important. Um, don't, Don't miss the rest of this show. It'll be a critical mistake if you're a fan of our content because we have got some really good stuff. Today's show also brought to you by buddies at iTarget Pro. I want to thank my friends at iTarget Pro for quite possibly the coolest Father's Day gift you can get. Father's Day's coming up. You want the, you listen, is the man in your life a firearm owner or wants to be? Safety and proficiency matter. Proficiency with that firearm and safety with that farm. The best way to improve your proficiency is the iTarget Pro system at itargetpro.com iTarget Pro is the first dry fire training system to combine smartphone technology with the industry's best laser round. You drop the laser round to the firearm you have now. No manipulations necessary. It comes with a target. When you depress the trigger, it that laser round will emit a laser onto the target. You don't have to be at the range. You don't have to spend a lot of money on ammunition. You don't have to clean your firearm. It is the best training system out there. Using your smartphone, the app tracks a laser round, which fits your gun and will detect exactly where your shots are landing. iTarget Pro is completely safe, comes with your caliber-specific laser round and a target system so you can begin training immediately. For Father's Day, get 10% off plus free shipping with the offer code DAN. Listen, that's better than a necktie or a mug, right? Also available for 223 and 556. And for you AR fans out there, you can uh, practice with that as well. Save time, save money, take your skill to the next level safely and effectively with iTarget Pro. That's the letter iTargetPro.com. 10% off plus free shipping with the offer code DAN. It is the best system out there. People I recommend it to can't put it down. I do get some angry emails from uh, some people in the household, though, saying my husband or wife won't put the system down. They like it so much. iTargetPro.com. Use promo code Dan, save 10%, the best way to increase your proficiency with the firearm you own now. Go check it out. Okay.
Before I get to the Weiner stuff, um, I just wanted to mention California is going off, uh, clearly off the deep end financially. They are not going to be able to afford what they're doing. I saw this article in IJ Review. You may have caught the story on Network or Cable News last night. California is set to cost taxpayers millions by covering health care for illegal immigrants. Yes, folks, this is actually happening. Now, this is going to be a de facto single-payer model in California where the government is going to run health care, pay for illegals, is going to pay for others as well. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, I said on Fox and Friends on Monday morning in my regularly scheduled Monday morning appearance, they've already tried state-level what is a de facto single-payer model in other states, liberal states as well, notably Vermont. And for those of you advocating for single-payer health care within the states, I want you to be clear about what the numbers were in Vermont and why Vermont, a liberal state, ran away from a similar model to the one California is enacting. They're going to sign this this week by giving essentially free health care, dreaded air quotes there, to everyone out there. Anyone out there who's illegal in the country, illegally, that you can go on Medi-Cal, it's not going to matter. There's no way... To put a ceiling on this. Mm. Vermont tried this. So I took down some numbers for you because facts and data actually matter, right? Yeah. That's why you tune into the show. Opinions are great. I want some numbers. I want to put some muscle on the bone. Vermont tried this, Joe. The annual tax revenue for Vermont, the state of Vermont, meaning obviously yearly how much money they generate from their taxpayers for state level uh, programs is $1.7 billion. Okay. When they tried to enact single payer in Vermont, had to scrap it. A Democrat governor, Shumlin had to scrap it, by the way. Not a Republican, a Democrat governor. And a Democrat majority within the state and their legislature. They found out they would need to pay for it within the state. Get a load of this. Remember, their entire revenue base, all of the money they take from Vermont taxpayers is $1.7 billion. They would need, Joe, an additional mm. $2.6 Billion dollars. Not total. Right. Not total. Here's your total. Here's the additional. So your total, 1.7 billion in tax dollars. To pay for Vermont's single payer program, they would have needed an additional 2.7 billion dollars with a B. Not like a, a Dr. Evil million dollars when he's petting Mr. Bigglesworth. This is a billion dollars. Mm. Basically, all of the taxes you had, you'd have to pay a 151% increase. This was in a liberal state, folks. This kind of stuff may be coming to a state near you. Oh, yeah, thanks, gosh. pal. I mean, I love hearing that in Maryland. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. No, I know Joe's you know still I mean. stuck there. Yeah. Hopefully not for not long. Wrong. It's a shame. Folks, they've tried this stuff. Mm. It doesn't work. I've explained to you before, when you enact the fourth way to spend money, Milton Friedman's four laws of spending money, right? Right, right, right. No, I'm... The most efficient... Well, I haven't said this in a right. while. The most efficient way, the greatest economist of, 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 of our lifetimes, Milton Friedman, God rest the man's soul. When you spend money on yourself, the first way, cost and quality matter. When you spend money on other people, cost matters. It's your money, but quality not so much because you're buying something for someone else. If it falls apart, it's not yours. It doesn't matter. Third, other people spending other people's money on themselves. I'm getting a hotel room with Joe's money. The cost doesn't matter. It's Joe's money, (laughs) but the quality will matter. I want the best hotel room out there. What's the least efficient, the fourth way to spend money? I know. Other people spending other people's money. I know, because you've heard it a thousand times. On who? Other people. Other people. Yes. Poor Joe. He's taken this class a thousand times already. Other people, government, spending other people's money, taxpayers, on other people, other taxpayers. That's what single payer is. Government takes in other people's money and spends it on other people. The cost doesn't matter. It's not the government's money. The quality doesn't matter either. It's not your health care and the government. You're just spending it on some other taxpayer. It is the least efficient way to spend money. Ladies and gentlemen, that is why government programs consistently are overpriced, the cost is out of control, and the quality stinks. Because it cannot violate the inviolable four laws of spending money. When you spend money on yourself, 
The cost and quality matters. When the government spends your money on other people, neither one of those things matters. That is why government-run healthcare will always, endlessly, and every single time be a cost problem and a quality problem. It is an inviolable rule of sociology and human psychology. You will never care about someone else's money like you care about your own. And you will never care about a product or service you purchase for someone else as much as the quality of it if you purchased it for yourself. Never. That is an inviolable rule. Remember Federalist 51. If men were angels, we're not. If we were angels, you would care about the quality of someone else's product as much as you would care about your own. You don't. You would care about other people's money as much as you care about your own money. We don't. Oh, that's a real dour look. No, it's the real world, ladies and gentlemen. It reminds me of an excellent book, Conflict Divisions by Thomas Sowell, which I used to discuss a lot, not so much anymore. I, I, you know, I only fit it in when it seems appropriate. How the left liberals and some Democrats have this bizarre vision of the world where, where, where men and women are, are these hopelessly eager people to give charity and help other people. And ladies and gentlemen, that's not the world we live in. And you fantasizing about it like you're in a romance novel. Like you're in some kind of Snow White fairy tale is never going to solve a real world problem. It's not dour or macabre or in any way depressing to discuss the world as it exists and not as it should be. Let people spend their own money on their own health care and maybe they'll care about it more. <gasps> Newsflash. All right. Enough on that. You get the point. Mm -hmm. Okay. Moving on. Big, big. Big break yesterday, ladies and gentlemen. I have been discussing with you for a very long time on the show how this Spygate scandal is not about Trump. It is a bigger deal. That's why I talk about it as often as we do. It's not even limited to the Trump team. The weaponization of government via spying assets, the IRS, government intrusion into people's personal lives began in the Obama administration in the middle of their first term and definitely peaked in their second term. The spying on the Trump team was a symptom of a bigger, larger uh, illness we had within the government, the weaponization of government powers. Now, there's two things I want to discuss today that are critical. Number one. New information has emerged about the details between Christopher Steele and a State Department official. Why is this important? Because takeaway number one is something, again, we've discussed often here, how there was a sophisticated intelligence laundering scandal going on within the Obama administration to circumvent official channels. Remember what Devin Nunes, a congressman from California, has said often, mm. that this is not about official information. There was no official information used to start the Trump team. So it, by default, that means what, Joe? Because there was information mm -hmm. used to start the investigation of the Trump team, right? right. But if Devin Nunes, who's clearly stated this repeatedly, says it was, uh, it was not official, right. meaning not through regular channels, that must mean what, Joe? It was unofficial. Yeah. But what does that mean? Well, now it's starting to all come together. Now, again, I nailed this in my first book a long time ago, but now we have real hardcore meat to put on the, on the bones of this. This is number one, an information laundering scheme. Takeaway number two today is going to be, it was always about the Iran deal to the Obama administration as their signature foreign policy achievement and sabotaging anybody who, would who uh, opposed it. These stories are going to be interrelated. Let's go to the information laundering scandal, number one. In other words, what were the unofficial channels the Obama administration was using? Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, it's all about Jonathan Weiner. Here's what we see now. We have a report up at Bongino.com today, which will be in the show notes. Uh, I had a question yesterday about how to access the show notes. Go to Bongino.com, click on menu. You'll see podcasts. Just go to podcasts. The articles are right there. Or if you subscribe to my email list, I will send you these articles every day. We don't spam your inbox. Don't worry. But these are great articles. Up at Bongino.com. Christopher's new email show Christopher Steele's close ties with Obama State Department. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to pay specific attention when I put up a snippet of this piece we did at Bongino.com. I want you to pay specific attention to the dates here. Big, big hat tip to Judicial Watch for getting these emails. Tom Fitton's group over there, they have done fantastic work. 
We link to their uh, piece in the report. Look at the dates in some of the emails Judicial Watch has as we cover in our piece today. In an email on December 11th, 2014, Jonathan Weiner, just to be clear, this is a State Department official with deep ties to both the Obama and Clinton regime. Mm -hmm places pressure on his colleague, Nina Miller, to assist Christopher Steele in getting O reports, likely Orbis, Christopher Steele's company, to Victoria Newland and Paul Jones, quote, ASAP. Newland was state's assistant secretary of state for European and Eurasian affairs. Jones, the European and Eurasian principal uh, deputy assistant secretary. In another series of emails, November 20th, 2014, mm -hmm. Weiner openly acts as a liaison for Christopher Steele, attempting to set up meetings for Chris and referencing three Orbis reports in the subject line of the email. Ladies and gentlemen, Jonathan Weiner. Jonathan Weiner, a State Department official with deep, deep ties to the Clinton and the Obama team. Let's get this. Let me get you. Let me just nail right now in the headline what we're talking about is acting as a go between for dossier author Christopher Steele as far back as 2014. Folks, how long? was this unofficial Christopher Steele paid pipeline into the State Department. How long was this going on? Mm. Folks, Donald Trump was not running for office in 2014. Donald Trump's presidency was not, it was not even a blip on anyone's radar in 2014. What was Christopher Steele doing being promoted by a State Department official, Jonathan Weiner, wants to read his reports. Now, for those of you who've been listening to the show a while, this will be, this is for my one percenters. The one percent who've heard every show since 628 on. <laughs> Do you remember me talking about State Department official Victoria Newland, another Clinton acolyte, saying a long time ago that, hey, there were many dossiers. This dossier wasn't the first one. Mm -hmm. Now does it make sense? Now does the unofficial intelligence channel make sense? What the heck is the Obama State Department using Clinton-connected people, Jonathan Weiner, Victoria Nuland? What are they doing shuttling information from Christopher Steele into the State Department? The answer is they're bypassing the intelligence community to try to use information they can't vet because the State Department's not an intel operation. It's a diplomacy operation to influence policy of the Obama administration and basically paying a, who became a political hack later on, Christopher Steele, to do so. Folks, it gets worse. This Jonathan Weiner, Jonathan Weiner's brother-in-law is a guy by the name of Cody Shear. Mm -hmm. Cody Shear also was producing dossiers with Clinton's, uh, remember Clinton's hatchet man, Sid Blumenthal? Yeah. Sid Blumenthal, and this, folks, uh, forgive me if this gets a little complicated, but I need you to follow this because I, the circle of stupidity here is incredible. And it describes an information back channel the Obama administration was using to bypass official intelligence to make decisions. Sid Blumenthal is Hillary Clinton's hatchet man. According to reports, he's trying to get contracts over in Libya. Remember Libya mm -hmm. where Benghazi happened? Mm -hmm. After the fall of Gaddafi, there's a bunch of money circling around, a bunch of government contracts. There are allegations that Sid Blumenthal, according to some of his communications with the Clintons, is trying to get access on to some of these contracts. Blumenthal is a known Clinton hatchet man, a Clinton associate from back in the day. They called him Sid Vicious, right? Yeah, that was his nickname. Blumenthal works with Cody Shear. Cody Shear is Jonathan Weiner at the State Department's brother-in-law. They produce a dossier that seems exactly like Christopher Steele's dossier, and they shuttle it to Weiner and the State Department as well. Conveniently, Victoria Nuland, who is knee-deep in some of the talking points covering the Benghazi scandal in Libya, is also a Clinton friend, is on the receiving end of a lot of these reports from Weiner. What's Weiner's role at the State Department? This gets good. 
He's the special envoy to Libya. (laughs) So let's be clear on this. Christopher Steele has a relationship with Weiner going back as far as we know, maybe earlier, to at minimum 2014. He's shuttling information to Weiner, who's trying to connect him to people in the State Department. He's he's not connecting him to the CIA, given given to Christopher Steele's former MI, uh, MI6 background, you would think Christopher Steele, an intelligence guy, would be connected to these CIA guys. That's not what Weiner does. He connects them to a bunch of bureaucrats in the State Department who have no capacity to vet this stuff at all. Right. Weiner's dealing with Steele. They have a pre-existing relationship. Weiner's a special envoy to Libya. As Hillary Clinton and her buddy Sid Blumenthal and her business partner, Cody Shear, who's Weiner's brother-in-law, are creating fake dossiers to give to the State Department about Donald Trump later. At the exact same time, Blumenthal's alleged to be trying to get contracts in Libya using government money. Folks, you don't have to understand all of what I just said. Although, if you just play it back, you'll get it. It's not very complicated. You may say, well, why are you telling us this? Because in my second book, we open up, I think it's chapter one. My second book is titled Exonerated. Again, I appreciate all of you that picked it up already for pre-order. Please pick it up today on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. If you know, we, It's great. I, I, I really put a lot of work into it. But I open up the chapter in chapter one by saying, ladies and gentlemen, the hallmark of any soon-to-be-debunked conspiracy theory is an easy answer. You know, right, right. And, and by saying easy answer, I mean like the devil did. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, in a complicated 330 million uh, uh, citizen country mm-hmm. like the United States of America, with an equal, equally complicated government bureaucracy, there are oh, there's never one puppet master. There are always a groups of people with conflicting interests who do things for different reasons. The devil did; it's not going to suffice. What I'm trying to explain to you now is when Nunes talks about things like unofficial intelligence channels into places like the State Department who had no business doing this at all, you have to say to yourself, why? Why would Jonathan Weiner take on this liability of engaging in an information laundering operation? Folks, he's the envoy to Libya. Libya, there's money flowing around. Blumenthal wants a piece of this business over there in Libya. Mm -hmm. Blumenthal's trying to get in with Hillary. Hillary's trying to win an election. Weiner may be looking for a role in the new Hillary Clinton presidency. Cody Shear works with, you know, obviously has a relationship with Weiner. Cody Shear works with Blumenthal. He figures if he produces a dossier that looks like Steele's, maybe they can give some of it to Steele, have Steele flush it over. It looks a little more legitimate coming from Steele. They all had conflicting motives. Sometimes they had aligning motives. But their one thing they can't escape from is they are all involved in an illicit information laundering operation. Now, here's where it gets even worse. You may say, well, you haven't really cleared up what Weiner's motives are yet. All right. Who else was Jonathan Weiner working for? Let's go to this Daily Caller piece. Keep in mind, he's a special envoy to Libya who's now working as a a carve-out for Christopher Steele as far back as 2014, shuttling information. Daily Caller, excellent investigative reporter Chuck Ross from a piece back in, uh, 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 sorry, this was yesterday. Forgive me. Yeah, this was yesterday. State Department official helped Christopher Steele with business concerns. Email show from the Chuck Ross piece. Who else was Weiner working for? Weiner has a history with a company called... APCO, Jonathan Weiner, a longtime associate of former Secretary of State John Kerry as well, by the way. Set up John Kerry, who loves the Iran deal. Keep that in mind. We haven't even gotten to that yet. Set up a meeting in late 14 with an executive at APCO Worldwide, an international consulting firm where Weiner worked before and after his most recent stint at the State Department. So now we know Weiner is trying to connect Christopher Steele with people as far back as 2014. He's also trying to set up meetings with people at APCO. APCO, where he'd worked before Jonathan Weiner. Who else did APCO work for? Here's a John Solomon piece. Another excellent piece, ladies and gentlemen. Clinton's understated support from firm hired by Russian nuclear company John Solomon and Allison Spann, uh, November 28th. Uh, I, I can't believe I can read that. 2017. 
from the piece. But according to interviews and internal documents reviewed by The Hill, APCO was much more generous, talking about their in-kind donations to the Clinton Foundation, and provided hundreds of thousands of dollars in pro bono services and in-kind contributions to the Clinton Global Initiative between 2008 and 2016. Isn't this astonishingly good? So Christopher Steele provides discredited, debunked information on Donald Trump to help Hillary win the election. Christopher Steele's been working with Jonathan Weiner as far back as 2014. Jonathan Weiner's a State Department uh, official knee-deep in the Libya situation where other Hillary associates are trying to profit off the scenario and the chaos in Libya. Weiner must know this. Weiner also had former business ties to a company called APCO, an international communications firm specializing in PR. APCO's also done pro bono work in the hundreds of thousands for the Clinton Foundation. Who else did APCO represent? Also from the John Solomon piece. The increase in the contributions, talking about the in-kind contributions to Clinton Global Initiative, came as APCO was paid $3 million in 2010 and 2011 to work for Rosatom. Oh, Rosatom, Russia's state-owned nuclear company. Uh Rosatom played APCO to lobby the State Department and other federal agencies on behalf of its 10X subsidiary, which sought to increase its commercial uranium sales in the United States. You know Rosatom, the company involved in the Uranium One scandal? That same one. Mm. Now... To be fair, unlike liberal journalists, because they won't do this, APCO claims that, hey, our our payments to Jonathan Weiner and our work for the Clinton Global Initiative in kind and our work for Rosatom, the Russian nuclear company, they're all separate. You figure that out on your own, folks. But what I find, look at this. I have a big note. You can't see. Optics. I find it funny that the Democrats attacked Donald Trump and his team on a collusion hoax that there is no evidence exists at all. And they continually bring up the bad optics, the mm-hmm. Trump Tower meeting, that Jeff Sessions was in a room with a Russian. Bad optics. You have a lobbying firm, APCO, who paid a guy, Jonathan Weiner, who worked in the State Department, who was working as a conduit for a British spy passing debunked information on Trump. The same company also provided in-kind freebies to the Clinton Global Initiative while also lobbying for Rosatom, the Russian nuclear company involved in Uranium One, that Hillary Clinton could have nixed when she was the State Department or when she was the Secretary of State. What about those optics? Are you serious? You want to talk about optics? Folks, this was an information laundering operation. It's bigger than Trump. They were using State Department officials who have no intelligence experience. These are not intelligence people. They're they're diplomats and bureaucrats. Instead of running Christopher Steele as a source through the CIA, they ran him through Weiner, who connected him to people in the State Department to selectively use information, however discredited it was, to advance Obama's attacks on political opponents. I talked about this a long time ago. It's in my first book. Now it's all coming out. Now we have these emails documenting as far back as 2014. Obama's State Department people, Jonathan Weiner, another Clinton-connected guy, trying to connect Christopher Steele, dossier hoaxer, to people in the State Department. How many other dossiers, ladies and gentlemen, on how many other Democrats and Republicans who were enemies of the Obama administration are out there? I'm not kidding. Have you asked yourself that question? Does the John Dean impeachment fiasco, fake impeachment hearing now start to make sense? Why the Democrats are in a panic and humiliating themselves up on Capitol Hill to make an example out of Trump? Because this information laundering, government spying, weaponization of the State Department and the unofficial intelligence operations they were running... Through Weiner, Cody Shear, the State Department, Victoria Newland, Christopher Steele, and others, is all going to come out with the D class, the declassification. Oh, I'm not done. 
Don't go anywhere. Wait till we put the little cherry on top of this show today. Some key information just came out from the United Kingdom yesterday in the Telegraph. I'm going to get to that in a second. But this is awfully convenient timing. Remember, Steele's a Brit. He's from the United Kingdom. He was an intelligence officer. He knows people who have vouched for him in the UK intelligence community. He's shuttling information through the State Department. Why was he doing that? Why did it go as far back as 2014? Wait till you see this one. Get we have the hey, meats. Hey, show also... <laughs> we have the meats. Ving Rames making a surprise <laughs> appearance on the yeah. show. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. But the problem growing businesses have that keeps them from knowing their numbers is their hodgepodge of business systems. They have one system for accounting, another for sales, another for inventory. Who wants that? And so on. You don't need that. It's just a big, inefficient mess, and it takes too much time and too many resources. That hurts your bottom line. Listen, streamline your business today. Super easy to use. Visit netsuite.com slash Bongino. Introducing NetSuite by Oracle, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform, giving you the visibility, and it's the key point, the control you need to grow your business. Stop putting a ceiling on your business because you can't get control of administrative stuff. With NetSuite, you have, with NetSuite, excuse me, you have time, money, and unneeded headaches. Excuse me. With NetSuite, you save time, money, and unneeded headaches by managing sales, finance, and accounting orders and HR instantly right from your desktop or phone. This is super easy to use. My wife's a big fan of NetSuite. That's why NetSuite's the world's number one cloud business system. Go check it out today. Right now, NetSuite is offering you valuable insights with a free guide. Seven key strategies to growing your profits at NetSuite.com slash Bongino. NetSuite.com slash Bongino. That's NetSuite.com slash Bongino. Download your free guide, seven key strategies to grow your profits. If you own a business, you need NetSuite. Go check it out. NetSuite.com slash Bongino. It is really, really easy to use. Thousands of brands are using it now to grow their business. Go check it out. NetSuite.com slash Bongino. Big supporters here. Okay. So an interesting piece of information came out yesterday um, that should spark your interest as to why. Mm -hmm. Why did we just see this yesterday? A report up at the Telegraph, which should open your eyes if you're watching us on uh, on our channel right now. The Telegraph by Ben Riley Smith. Iran-linked terrorists caught stockpiling explosives in northwest London. Look at the date on this report, ladies and gentlemen. June 9th, 2019. Mm -hmm. Wow, they were caught. Iranian terrorists caught stockpiling explosives in a, in a major United Kingdom city, no, portion of it, northwest London. That's a big story. That just happened yesterday. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. No, it didn't happen yesterday. From the piece. It's fascinating. Radicals linked to Hezbollah, the Lebanese militant group, stashed thousands of disposable ice packs containing ammonium nitrate, a common ingredient in homemade bombs. The plot was uncovered by MI5 and the Metropolitan Police in the autumn of 2015 just months after the UK signed up to the Iran nuclear deal. Mm. What the hell was the United Kingdom doing hiding this information? You had a bunch of Hezbollah-linked terrorists storing ammonium nitrate, the component of an ANFO bomb, in a London, in northwest London, and we're just finding out about this now? Ladies and gentlemen, why would that be? Where did President Trump just get back from? Oh, that's right, the United Kingdom. When President Trump threatened to declassify the materials earlier um, in the year, actually it was the end of last year, who were the primary objectors to the declassification of the Spygate documents? The United Kingdom, folks. They were the ones objecting. Why would they object and why is this all coming out now? Ladies and gentlemen, I think the United Kingdom is getting ready. They're, they're, let's just say, to take a huge bath. And by bath, I don't mean using water and soap. As I use often in the business world, when you've had a couple bad quarters mm -hmm. in your business, there's an expression in the business world, you know, take a bath, just put it all out, put the bad information out, let the stock price take a hit, we'll recover next quarter. Call it taking a bath. Mm -hmm. I believe the United Kingdom understands this declassification is going to be devastating. 
and all of this information they're putting out now to try to get ahead of it, folks. The Obama administration was using UK intelligence-linked in, in officials, I believe, to attack opponents of the Iran deal, both liberals in the United Kingdom and the United States wanted. All of this is going to come out, and the United Kingdom is trying to get out ahead of it by releasing a lot of these stories now. This was going to come out that somehow Iranian-linked Hezbollah groups planning bombing attacks has been hidden since 2015. Why would you hide that from people? Oh, conveniently because you just signed on to the Iran deal with the death to America crowd. Tell me you understand where I'm going with this. This would have been a political black eye to people in both the United States and the United Kingdom. If just months after the deal with Iran, a bunch of Iranians were caught in an info bomb plot in the middle of, of one of the United, one of the United Kingdom's biggest cities and their financial epicenter. Mm -hmm. So instead of putting the information out, you just hide it. You think something about that may be in some of the declassified information. Hey, you better put this story in the media now leak it at least we can put our spin on it there is no way this story just came out yesterday or the day before no way by accident the uk is about to take a huge bath and the bath they're about to take is about their role in the spying on of obama administration political opponents who would get in the way of their iran deal now Maybe this story will make a little bit more sense now from the Washington Free Beacon. Here's a little gem from a while back. February 14, 2017 by Adam Credo. Former Obama officials, loyalists, wage a secret campaign to oust Mike Flynn. Mike Flynn. Mike Flynn. You mean Lieutenant General uh, Mike Flynn, Trump's former hmm. national security advisor, who uh. was a vocal opponent of what? Oh, the Iran oh, deal. Yes. Yeah, Just Google yeah. Mike uh -huh. Flynn. That guy. Uh, yes. Ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding. There you go. Light bulb turns on. Uh -huh. Mike Flynn, who was a vocal opponent of the Iran deal. Oh, uh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, are we putting this together? The Obama administration used diplomats in their State Department and elsewhere to connect with British intelligence-connected officials like Steele and others to destroy and decimate the reputations of people that were their political opponents, especially those who were against their signature international achievement, the Iran deal. And people in the United Kingdom most obviously knew from the Free Beacon piece. This is fascinating. The abrupt resignation of White House National Security Advisor Mike Flynn is the culmination of a secret, months-long campaign by former Obama administration confidants to handicap, handicap Donald Trump's national security apparatus and preserve the nuclear deal with Iran, according to multiple sources in and out of the White House, who described an effort by these officials to plant a series of damaging stories about Mike Flynn in the national media. Ladies and gentlemen, it was not just about Donald Trump. This was about Obama people using international intelligence-connected folks to launder information, not through the intelligence community, through bureaucrats and diplomats, and shuttling that information to the media to decimate and destroy the lives of any of Obama's political opponents. Now, let me tie this all together for you. Let me put up this piece of the Daily Caller to describe this UK back channel to decimate Obama's political opponents. Here's another piece by Chuck Ross from 416 2019. Former British spymaster has flown into the radar in Russia probe despite links to key figures. From the piece, this is just epic. Talking about Dear Love, Richard Dear Love, who served as the chief of MI6, before, keep that there a second. Richard Dear Love was Christopher Steele, Weiner's buddy, his old boss, also dossier hoaxer, Christopher Steele. 
Dear Love has vouched for Christopher Steele before. Dear Love, who served as the chief of MI6 from 99 to 2004, had contact during the 2016 campaign with dossier author Christopher Steele. Who's he also a close colleague of? Oh, Stefan Halper, the alleged FBI and CIA informant who established contact with several Trump campaign advisors. Dear Love and Halper attended a Cambridge political event in July where Halper had first contact with campaign advisor Carter Page. Wow. Let's walk through this, okay? Okay. So former head of British intelligence, Richard Dearlove, Joe, mm-hmm. is close connect, has close ties to Christopher Steele, yes. his old employer, who provides the hoax dossier on Trump. That's his buddy. Dearlove has vouched for Steele. Mm-hmm. Steele provides information to Jonathan Weiner at the State Department. Not an intelligence official. Again, Jonathan Weiner, an old Clinton crony. Mm-hmm. Weiner then shuttles that information into the State Department and sets up all kinds of meetings with Christopher Steele, including the meeting with Kathleen Cavillac, by the way. Weiner sets that one up, too. To get Steele's information cleaned and laundered outside of the intel community and into Obama's political orbit so they can leak it to the press to attack their enemies, including Mike Flynn. Dear, dear love. Works with Steele, has vouched for Steele. None of this is in dispute. Steele, we know now, has a relationship with Weiner. Hillary Clinton acolyte who works in the State Department. Weiner's also connected to John Kerry, big proponent of the Iran deal. Weiner then feeds information to the State Department, which is then leaked to the media, used to attack people. There is your unofficial back channel of intelligence mm. right there. Now, you may say, well, what does this have to do with Mike Flynn? How's Dear Love connected to Flynn? Oh, from the Daily Caller piece. More excellent work by Chuck Ross. The retired British spymaster talking about Dear Love, Christopher Steele's old boss, who's vouched for him, also hosted, along with Halper, CIA, FBI intelligence asset, by the way, that targeted the Trump team, at an event in Cambridge in 2014 attended by Mike Flynn, who at the time served as the director of Obama's Defense Intelligence Agency. Dear Love and Halper are reported to have expressed concerns about Mike Flynn's contacts at the event with Svetlana Lakova, a Russian-born student at Cambridge. Those warnings were somehow shared with American intelligence. Jonathan Weiner have anything to do with that? How'd those reports leak to the media? Svetlana Lakova thoroughly denies any of this, by the way. These reports have been almost entirely completely debunked. Not almost, they've been debunked. Flynn had no inappropriate relationship with the woman at the meeting at all. Even his own DIA buddy who was there with him was like, what are you guys talking about? Ladies and gentlemen, how how long was the Obama administration doing this? Joe, I, I need you here because this is really... All right, man. I... I described to you today something so disturbing, and I get the level of complexity. I understand it. But you're a very intelligent audience. I mean, really, I get your Mm -hmm. emails. I've had sources out there who have said stuff to me after the show, but I need you to understand how devastating what I just told you was. Let's go all the way back to the headlines. So you leave, you tell them, I'm going to tell you what I told you. This is Tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you told Mm -hmm. them. The Obama administration has intelligence operatives to develop intelligence on foreign governments and foreign officials to be used for policy decisions the way we've done it for decades. Our CIA, our DIA, our NSA, these are these are not law enforcement operators. You don't, you know, some people watch too much James Bond movie, too many James Bond movies. Does that make sense, Joe? I, I don't want to talk no, down no, even. No. The intelligence community develops intelligence. Sure. There are channels, official channels for doing that. Right. That way we vet intelligence to make sure policymakers like Obama and others and people up on the Hill don't drop a nuclear bomb on a country we got false information about. All right. We're good. We're good. The State Department takes that intelligence product that we can assume is vetted, cleared, verified in many cases, or given a probability assessment on. And the State Department, in conjunction with Barack Obama, the president, and people up on the hill will then prescribe policy implications. Here's what's going on in Libya. Here's our intel. Ladies and gentlemen, the State Department doesn't develop the intel. That's not the way this works. They are not an intelligence apparatus. 
They are the diplomatic face of the United States overseas. We have an intelligence agency for that. But folks, when the State Department wants to push an Obama agenda item like the Iran deal, and they know the intelligence on the Iran deal developed by the CIA and our partners may not be so good, Joe. Hey, they're still developing nukes and they're chanting death to America. I got an idea. Let's just create our own intelligence channel in the State Department. Let's use our buddy, Dear Love, who knows this guy, Steele, who's got a relationship with Weiner at the State Department. Weiner can then pass the information to the State Department. We can leak it through the media, and we can then enact our own policy prescriptions without having to deal with any negative intelligence at all. And big plus, we can then use Steele to attack our political opponents like Mike Flynn and Donald Trump when Donald Trump declares his run for the presidency uh, in 2015. 15. Very, very nice. Well done. That's why the scandal, ladies and gentlemen, is called Spygate and not Russiagate. Russiagate refers to the collusion hoax. The Spygate scandal is way, way bigger than Donald Trump. It's one of the more important shows we've ever done, ladies and gentlemen. Please. Please share it. Please. I need you to. I think the people have to understand the depravity of what went on in their names. All right. Thanks for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. I know the subject matter is complicated. Listen twice if you need to. I can maybe, if, if I get a lot of feedback, I maybe can dig into some more details on it tomorrow, but it's a very important show. Please subscribe to our channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. We really appreciate it. Uh, also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud. The subscriptions are all free, ladies and gentlemen, but it helps us move up the charts, helps other people find the show, keeps our market and budget low, which we always appreciate. Thank you so much for your support. Thanks for making us number one on Friday on Hannity. I might have the best audience in the business. I owe you. Thank you so much. Take care. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.